It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app now on all your iOS devices, or I believe there's also a beta available on Android. And join me game time, which is 2.20, against the Cubs as we live chat the game that Vladimir Gutierrez is making his Major League debut. That's Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'm a super fan addicted to the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you today. We're going to talk about a series win in Washington, D.C., and the Reds did it the hard way. I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment. Also have lots of Jeff's junk mail to get to. Thank you all for your questions and reactions and everything that you've got in at 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. We've got a lot to get to today, so let's not, uh, let's not uh, dawdle. Here we go. Firstly, I want to start off, though, what a series for the Reds. There wasn't that that big moment where they scored like 12 gajillion runs and you're like, holy cow, what, what, what's going on here? They just played good, solid baseball. They played up to their talent level. Don't get me wrong. I know that the Nationals' record is under 500 right now. The Nationals are a good team. That was a good series, and they did it by beating Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. Uh, what did we say about that first game? After they had beat Scherzer, I thought, okay, they'll beat Joe Ross and they'll probably lose to Strasburg. Flip-flop. Of course, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances with the Joe Ross game because that got suspended by the deluge that came into the D.C. area Wednesday night, and they had to play the rest of it Thursday afternoon. But for the most part, just a fantastically played series. And I'm looking at two guys. Obviously, from the win yesterday, the number one guy was Sonny Gray. What a pitching performance by him. I definitely think he listens to the podcast. So, hey, shout out, Sonny. Way to go, dude. Because he heard me say that Tyler Malley has been the best pitcher on this team this year. 
because Sonny was on fire, man. And if it wasn't a strikeout, he was getting weak contact, lots of easy ground balls. Felt like every other play, he was involved in the putout. Like there was a ground ball to him that he would flip the first, or there was one where he was just so in the zone that he picked it up and he ran halfway to first, almost like he was going to run it all the way to first base and not even need to throw it. But it was just a phenomenal game by him. And then Lucas Sims came in and looked dominant. What a seventh inning. About said ninth. What a seventh inning for Lucas Sims as he nailed down the save and the game with that performance. But you have got to be kidding me. If you still look at what A. Eugenio Suarez has done over the last three games and you still think, that he's not there. I think he's figured out whatever it is. And don't get me wrong, it's not as if I can pinpoint what it was because he can't pinpoint what it was. Uh, He was asked after the first game in which he homered off Max Scherzer, you know, he was asked in the post game, he said, oh, so what'd you do differently today? What'd you change? And he was like, nothing. I just went out there and I hit. And sometimes that's all it is, and there's no analytical side to explaining it. You just go out there, you see the ball, and you hit the ball. And that's what he's done this entire series. He looked pretty good in the leadoff spot. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think he should be the Reds' leadoff hitter once everybody's back healthy, but hopefully this has worked him out of his funk because the Reds need him, because the Reds are not going to get the versions of Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos that like hit 600. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be all year long. So they've got to have other guys step up. And a Eugenio Suarez is probably the first name on that list that they need to be as good as he can be in that lineup. And hopefully what he did in DC is taking steps to doing that. They're all going to go to Wrigley now. And there is a good chance that you're listening to this podcast after the first game of that series that's kind of on me a little bit of a late release here on this Friday afternoon but hopefully Gino continues his upward swing and it's funny because I know our friend Coop over at the Hunt for Reds October podcast has the Twitter page Today in Reds Facebook where if you don't know that they'll he will look at the different crazy comments that people have on Red's Facebook post, and he'll screenshot them and share them on Twitter. And people were mad, I guess, is the word. I I don't know why, but people were mad that Eugenio Suarez hit a home run at a leadoff spot. There were people like, oh, what's he hitting home runs for? It's like, come on, man. He's got to do something. Got to get hit somehow. And you're not going to raise your batting average 150 points with one hit. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And in a Eugenio Suarez, it's with one hit at a time, whether it's a home run or a single. And the fact that he was getting runs on one swing of the bat, well, if you're mad about that, then I can't help you. But that was a great series for the Reds. And it's funny because he was going to be a topic one way or another, whether it be if he were still struggling or if he had done like he did this series and stopped struggling when it came to Jeff's junk mail today because there was plenty of people talking about him. I we have a text message from Chad in Lancaster this past Sunday. This is before he took off. Said the bases are loaded, two outs. Suarez is up to bat, and he strikes out. 
He's getting like one hit out of every 10 to bats. Any theories on why he's struggling so much? Maybe when he lost the weight, it changed something in him. I personally think it's time to bring Jose Garcia up and put Suarez on the 10-day injured list. Thankfully, they're not going to have to do that whole thing, the, the phantom injury idea with Suarez. And I'd still like to see Jose Garcia do it for a little bit longer because he's down in, in double A, you know, so it's not something where he's going to translate exactly what he's doing in double A to the major leagues. So I still think he's got to build up a lot more consistency and a lot more confidence over a longer period of time. But I do want to see him up in the majors. Obviously, he is the shortstop of the future. And as far as Suarez is concerned, I want to see him at third base from now on. I don't want to see him at shortstop. I don't know what that means for the Reds and how they figure that out. That's been the biggest question since, uh, well, since Freddie Galvis became a Baltimore Oriole, frankly. Uh, really, maybe some people are continuing to remind me of this. It's been a question ever since Jose Iglesias uh, became a Baltimore Oriole. So there, there's all that going on. But I'm happy to see that Suarez is uh, succeeding. And hopefully the weird question with no answer of what is wrong with a Eugenio Suarez can just be weirdly answered as well. It doesn't seem wrong anymore. Hopefully that continues. All right, we've got a lot more to get to, a lot of trade talk, a lot of ideas for going out and getting guys and things like that. That's coming up here in just a moment. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people not patience. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Got a lot of good feedback after I did the trade episode with Jeff Ellis from Locked On Indians, and that's something that I'm going to continue to try and do and get some other Locked On hosts interested in doing with me, and I, and I appreciate everybody's feedback. And that's really brought up the question of what is the Reds' mindset? I mean, even after winning this series, how realistic is the front office going to be? Now, there's not as if there's a ton of stock that you can put into this, but like if you go to the Reds baseball reference page, the 2021 Reds baseball reference page, 
they have the playoff percentage uh, there, and they also have the World Series champion percentage and things like that. They have the Reds' playoff percentage chances right now at just barely over 7%. Now, that's way far and away lower than we thought this team was going to be. And sure, maybe they get healthy, and maybe they make a run, and maybe they are much better in it. But where does that leave the front office? How realistic are they going to be? Especially when you've got guys like Nick Castellanos who can opt out at the end of this season and become a free agent, which if he continues to perform at the level that he is, I see that happening. Then you've got Wade Miley going away. Who is going to get the rotation spot there? You've got an empty rotation spot already on top of that. So how are you going to play with that? What's the bullpen going to look like? What's the infield going to look like? You're paying Moose a lot of money. You're paying Shogo a lot of money just to sit on the bench, things like that. So so what does the front office approach it like? We've got a lot of messages on this. I'm actually going to start off with a no name. Sorry, I, I, I don't see your name on the text, but I like the message. It's it's a text message on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159. He says this, or she, this person says this. I'm for blowing it up, kind of. I would try to extend Tyler Malley, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, and TJ Antone. Trade everyone else that won't be in the plans in three years. Next year's rotation could be Malley, Antone, Green, Lodolo, and Santion. That looks pretty good. Next year's catchers, Tyler Stevenson and Tucker Barnhart. I would keep Tucker so he can help out with the young pitchers. Infield options next year would be Joey Votto, Jonathan India, Senzel, Jose Garcia, and Alfredo Rodriguez. Outfield options, Jesse Winker, Shogo, Akiyama, and Tyler Naquin. That's a pretty good start. With the money we would have to spend and the players the Reds get back in trades, the Reds could be set for the next several years. I appreciate the text, no-name person. Uh, the, the, the idea, and, and this is the biggest question for the Reds, front office is who is in the plans for the next three years because you mentioned some guys who obviously are Tyler Malley is obviously in the Reds plans for that time span and you've got the prospects in Ladello and Green that are coming up but you've also got some other guys that to say they're not in the three-year plan would be interesting like a Eugenio Suarez And I'm not just saying this because he has had a couple of good games and all of a sudden is looking a lot better than his 150 average was saying that he is. But A. Eugenio Suarez is under contract through 2024. It's not as if he is an impending free agent. So if he gets better, the biggest question with him is if he gets back to the way that he was performing in 2019, is he too valuable to trade? Or is he going to bring you back enough? Are are people going to look at his resurgence and buy into that? Or are they going to try and lowball the Reds because he had such a long stretch of struggling before he got back to being the 2019 version? There's lots of questions simply around Suarez because I think that he could be a good piece for another three or four years. We're talking about a dude who is only 29 years old. So in three years, he's going to be 32. Yeah, that's like right at the end of his prime. 
That's not as if he is completely useless. We're not talking about a Joey Votto situation where by the time his contract's up, he's going to be 40. Suarez is going to be all right. So how do the Reds view that? And that's going to kind of move some things around. Now it's interesting. And we have also a message that ties into this. This one is on Twitter. Uh, It was actually DM to me from Mitch. Mitch says this, is there any way you see the Reds try to dump Mike Moustakis or Shogo's contract at the deadline? I like the idea of picking up Cesar Hernandez, like what we talked about in the trade episode with Jeff Ellis. He said, what about Cesar and the comp pick, the draft pick that Jeff Ellis was talking about for Shogo, Miley, and Cash? Maybe. Here's the thing, though. What are the values of Mike Moustakis and Shogo Akiyama? We've got to be realistic. And this is where I always turn to baseball trade values because it helps out. Now, it's not to say that everything is going to follow baseball trade values But most people in Major League Baseball, the people who are actually making these trades, are probably a little bit closer to what baseball trade values thinks of a player than what the fans are. We overvalue Shogo and Moose. We love them. There is some part of our fan heart that they occupy. So in our mind, they have plenty of value. And it makes no sense for another team to turn down that trade. An opposing GM is going to look at it like Moose is making $14 million and has been on the injured list twice already this year, was on the injured list last year. He's getting up there in age. What is his value going to be, not to mention next year, but for the rest of this year? And then Shogo Akiyama is making $7 million this year, $7 million next year, and he still hasn't been able to get enough consistency, really get enough plate, appearance consistency to to develop a batter's eye for major league pitching but on the whole his performances have remaindered him to david bell's bench and not just david bell's fourth outfield spot david bell pretty much has said that when everybody's healthy shogo is the fifth outfielder that's a lot of money and what what do you what do you think you're going to offer for a guy who's making $7 million and barely playing because I I look at it this way, like because they were signed at the same time and figured to be the same kind of players a little bit. I mean, this guy was a, was more of a hitter than a fielder, but both these guys came over from Japan at the same time, looking at uh, Shogo Akiyama and Yoshi Sutsugo. Sutsugo was available at that same off season and was signed by the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays very quickly moved on from him. In fact, when you look at what they did this year, they traded him to the Dodgers. And they didn't just trade him for some pieces that that you know they could work around in the future or something like that. They traded him for a player to be named later. He hasn't quite had the major league career, and he's only played one full season for the Tampa Bay Rays and a little bit this year. He didn't quite have the production that they were expecting. Does that sound like Shogo? Shogo has not been as good as we were hoping. And as much as I sang his praises about the 40, you know, 465 on base percentage in September of 2020, 
not only has he not done that, he he has not garnered enough attention to get the playing time to show that he can still do that. And that is a question that a fan can't answer because that's kind of behind the scenes stuff. Like you can say, well, Tyler Naquin really, you know, took took reins of the fourth outfielder spot this year and all this other stuff. At some point, the Reds have got to look themselves in the mirror and say, Tyler Naquin's had a hot start, but we also have this dude that we paid $7 million a year for three years to bring over and be in our outfield. Who are we going to trust with more playing time? They still are saying Tyler Naquin. What does that mean for those of us that are not privy to that information? And yeah, you might say that Sutsogo is a little bit younger than Shogo, but at the same token, I'm looking at Shogo's perceived trade value from another GM standpoint, and I don't know that there's much. I think that the only way you are dumping Shogo Akiyama's contract is literally to dump it for either a player to be named later or just cash considerations. And that would be, boy, that would be a hell of a blow not really to the morale of Reds fans, but think about how excited we all were whenever Shogo got signed. And for it to end so unceremoniously in that fashion, I I mean, I get the Reds would need to be honest about where they are with Shogo Akiyama, but if that is where they are with Shogo after not even two years of him being on the roster, then I'm going to ask the hard question, why'd you sign him in the first place? But that's just the thought. There's there's lots more to get to. The trade season is really just getting going. We've got lots more thoughts on that. I've got some more questions we're going to jump into here in this Jeff Shackmail episode. Before we get to those, though, investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB to get started today. And I got a question for you. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus they add in the occasional limited time flavor? You got to check it out today. You can check out my favorite flavor, Cherry Barcia, or they've got Coconut, Coconut Almond, which basically tastes like a uh, Almond Joy. Uh, they've got raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There is something for everyone. And if you're not sure which one's your favorite, you can create a mixed box. That way you can try all the flavors and find your favorite one. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, 
but they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. There's even a couple that have even more, like 18 grams of protein. Order them today and get that Cherry Barcia or, you know, try Mint Brownie or a mix box, whatever you like. When it comes to Built Bar, you can also save by using the promo code LOCKED15. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. One more holdover from the trade talk and something that I didn't get to in our last segment of Jeff's Junk Mail was uh, this text message. This is from Kyle. He said, if the Reds insist on selling in July, I have a three-team idea. The Reds would get Mitch Haniger, Nick Castellanos would go to a third team, which would be a contender, and then that contender would send the Seattle Mariners some prospects. What are your thoughts? Kind of depends on who that third team is, if, if they've got the prospects that the Mariners are looking for, because I definitely do not want to send Nick Castellanos and prospects out to get prospects back. So this would literally be Nick Castellanos would be the only part of this trade that I could see the Reds being in on. Mitch Haniger would be interesting. He would not be a franchise-changing get, and he's only under control for the next two years. I believe he becomes a free agent at the end of the 2022 season, so really just a year and a half. So that could be something that could be like a segue deal. He obviously makes way less than Nick Castellanos does make now and will make next year. But on the other end of the spectrum, I don't necessarily know that that is the pivot move that I see coming from um, a possible trade for Nick Castellanos. I really want the Reds to use a possible figment of my imagination Castellanos trade if they are to the point where they believe they need to trade him I want them to make that deal work for them now and in the future not just something that you can see well okay it works this year and it works next year but what happens after that I want it to be something that like there's a part of it that works now next year and three years down the road which might be a lot to ask for but I think that Castellanos performance and the way that other teams view Nick Castellanos call for that sort of a haul. And again, that's something that you kind of got to look at baseball trade values and baseball trade values. Isn't that bullish on his individual value? So it's going to be interesting to see how the Reds maneuver some sort of deal for Castellanos. All right, let's move away from the trade talk. There's a couple of messages I want to get to this first one. Um, was from our buddy Josh down in Tennessee. He says, Hey Jeff, remember when you forcefully announced that Castillo was back to the good form after giving up three runs in five innings? Want to take this chance to retract that, Josh in Tennessee. (sighs) Well, Josh, part of me was thinking optimistically. Part of me was hoping that it would will him to continue to pitch well, because that was a phenomenal performance of 11 strikeouts. You're not going to sit here and tell me that a guy who had 11 strikeouts in five innings didn't have a good outing. That was a good outing. His last outing was terrible. His last outing was back to the 
worrisome nature where he didn't have an out pitch. He wasn't able to get the swings and misses that he has to get to be the ultimate form of Luis Castillo. And he was super hittable and super, uh, his pitches were not fooling anybody. So for everything that he was two starts ago, he completely flipped the script back to bad in his last start. And that's going to come into question here this weekend as he's in Wrigley pitching against the Cubs in a very important series. Don't don't, uh, mistake how important these next three games are. The Cubs are on a hot streak. The Cubs are starting to change their own narrative. It was something that I said, it was probably about two weeks ago, talking about this Cubs team, is that if they were to continue their struggles that they were having, we could see them sell off some parts. Now they're above 500 and they're contending with the Cardinals at the top of the division. So who is this Cubs team? I don't know. Who is this Reds team? I don't know. What are we going to find out in these next three games? That is yet to be seen. But based on how well the Reds play, what their record is at the end of this series, and just the optics of how they get there is going to be huge. And probably the biggest optic of them all is what is Luis Castillo going to look like? Because the Cubs have a pretty talented lineup. Don't get me wrong. When you look at the Cubs team, their strength is the bat. Whether it be Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant or you've got Javi Baez, who we all love. <clears throat> Some Maybe that's the wrong word. I don't know. Uh, you know, they've, they've got all that talent there. How does Luis Castillo deal with that in the Windy City? So, yes, he's definitely not back in the terms of the season. But I did like that start two starts ago. But we shall see how that turns out. They begin the series today. Like I mentioned, some of you may already be watching the game or have watched the game by the time you're listening to this first game of the series today. You've got the major league debut of Vladimir Gutierrez. I can't wait to see that. Talked about that on the last podcast episode. Kind of gave you a rundown of what you can expect from Gutierrez. He's going up against Adbert Alzale. That's a name for the Cubs. So we'll have to see what the Reds do there. But for now, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast and downloading. If you don't already, make sure that you follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here today. Now. Tell your smart speaker to play the Locked On Today podcast. That way, you get all of the top news in sports in 20 minutes or less. Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.